Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. Annie Carnathan back in the Grit and Gravitas podcast studio. It's a high gear day when we're together and talking to some of the best people in the country. In the country. Yes. We have a super exciting guest with us today. Um, Our younger listeners are going to love this. And the listeners that are my age, I'm not going to say older listeners, uh, we're going to learn from Kate Colgan, who is executive director of THON. Uh, I don't know if that needs explaining. I don't think it does, but well, sure, because people in other parts of the country may not know. I think it's world renowned, though, Kate. Is it not? <laughs> we hope so. We hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm talking. I was talking just Penn State. I know and the bragging rights. To so that the and- largest student-run philanthropy in the world. Is that correct, Kate? That is correct. That's awesome. And you've just come off from a record-setting year. What What was your uh, funds raised this year? This year we raised over thirteen point seven million dollars. That's just that's amazing. That'll never get old saying that, will it, Kate? <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that for those who don't know, to your point, Annie, um, Thon started. You just had was it fiftieth anniversary this year? Is that correct? This was our fiftieth Thon. Yes. And so two of my three sons danced in Thon. So I do have uh, some history there, but we also had Suzanne Graney as a guest on our podcast uh, several episodes ago. She's hard to forget. I love love Suzanne. Extraordinary. (laughs) She's a force, Uh, but she's uh, director, executive director of the Four Diamonds, which Thon is the major fundraising uh, arm or recipient, however you say that, Kate. Explain that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So Four Diamonds at Penn State Health Children's Hospital is our sole beneficiary. So all of the money that Thon raises, all of our proceeds go to Four Diamonds. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. And you're, we're excited. So you're a local young lady, uh, local to our podcast studio in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, um, and right up the road. So that's exciting too. You probably have a lot of history with, did you uh, participate in Thon in high school or middle school? Yeah, I did mini-thon in middle school and high school. Um, I'm Northern School District, so we actually had two mini-thons. We had both one at the middle school and one at the high school. So I've been able to be involved since I was in seventh grade. So that's been um, definitely instrumental in in building my love for the organization and and making me want to go to Penn State and be involved there. Oh, wow. Was that the reason for your decision to go to Penn State, Kate? It was a huge piece of it, for sure. (laughs) And what what gave you that conviction or that determination that really charted that course to such an extraordinary way of giving back? What what was it about what happened in in middle school that was reinforced each year after that? Yeah, I it's a feeling that I describe as addicting almost, just the 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 feeling of giving back to others and of making a difference in the life of someone else. That was just 
it's such a feeling that that motivates you and and continues to to keep you going. And so I I really just had the the kind of conviction that if I was able to continue doing that and to continue giving back to others, that that would be really fulfilling and I would really enjoy whatever work I was doing. So I kind of just you know got more and more involved every year because I I just continued to love it more and more. Oh, that's fabulous. Fabulous. So your major at Penn State is what? I'm a public relations major and I have minors in sociology and psychology. Oh, that's fabulous. So how did you start to apply that uh, to your THON experience? And did you start as a freshman? How Talk us through some of that uh, journey. Yeah, so I, I was, I got involved in THON on as a committee member my freshman year and and then continue to kind of work my way up through the organization. Um, it's been really cool to see how my major kind of has um, intersected with what I've done, especially this year. My major has, um, has been really helpful, but it's also been a really great learning experience to further my education um, right, in this right. position. So that's been really, really interesting. Um, but I, I just, like I said, I, I kind of started to work my way up through the organization and and knew that I wanted to, to continue to be involved in saw how the work that we were doing was, was making a real difference in the lives of others and um, how I could, could see myself continuing to do that even past college. No, that's, that's incredible. And talk about giving back. If for uh, anyone who has a heart for giving back, I don't think there's a better way than to participate with THON and to see the children's faces and to you know see that on all the social channels and even down on the, the dance floor. I, I know, I recall that um, dancers would be paired with families. Is that still correct? Is that still the way it's run? Organizations are, are paired with families. Um, and that way it's kind of a, it's, it's a more than a year long type of relationship. They can be paired with families for multiple years and can get really get to know the family. And so organizations who are, who have dancers, if dancers who are representing organizations, then will know those families because it's their organization's paired family. And, um, so that's definitely a really cool experience for them to be able to see that family that they've gotten to know and that they've gotten to support in tune, in turn, being there for them and, and being able to support them and, and give them the strength to make it through the weekend. Oh, that's great. Did you always aspire, Kate, to be the executive director? Was that something from, from middle school? It's one thing to, to join as a freshman and, and, as you say, work your way up through. But, you know, the parallels to that are obvious. When you're finished college and you begin a career and you're looking to build that, was that – did you always aspire to that highest level as a goal or, or the more you went through it, right, it, it, it found you as you found it. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, when I was younger, my cousin was actually the executive director of THON. Oh, and wow. so I saw her do that. And that, that was so cool. And I thought that that would just be the greatest thing in the world. But obviously, I had no idea what went into that. So then when I got involved in the organization and, and was making my way up, I wasn't sure that that was something that I was going to want to do. It's it's a lot. It's a really big responsibility. Um, but then at the same time, you know, I... I continued to to get more involved and I felt that I had more of myself to give and that I could do that in this role and that it would then in turn have career parallels for me as well um, and would would be a really incredible learning experience. Uh, your, your entire research and, and body of work is focused on giving back. Like everything about you is you paying it forward, if you will. And how is that cemented, right? Like, like how does that just become central to who you are? And then you find this perfect fit, 
you know, as you go through some of the most formative years you'll have in college and obviously to build a foundation for your career launch? Yeah, I think it was just something that it just, it makes you feel good and, and it makes you feel like the work that you're doing and, and the things that you're doing are worthwhile. And so that feeling was just like, you know, was something that I kind of chased. I, I would wanted to feel like what I was doing was making a difference and that I was making a difference in the life of someone else. And so this organization was, it was a perfect fit for that. And, and it just kind of, you know, it sucks you in it. It's this incredible feeling and this incredible community. And you, you get to see the real impacts that you're having on others. And, and there's not really a way to not want to continue to be involved in that. Um, and so I think it, it kind of is just, it builds upon itself. What type of skills, Kate, would you, um, especially for young listeners that we have, what kind of skills prepared you for, to be able to say yes to a decision? And I know it's an immense responsibility. You're probably responsible for more than most, you know, 30 or 40 year olds in the workplace are responsible for because the organization itself, how many committees are under you? There's 16 committees and in total, we have about 16,500 student volunteers. I mean, that can you imagine you're in essence, you're the CEO, but what skills did you find prepared you uh, to do that position, to feel confident and to be able to execute? Yeah, I think it's something that I talk with people a lot that you, you grow through that position and you, you know, I'm not the same person that I was when I first started it because it has taught me so much. Um, but I think the, the one thing that you learn through this organization is that teamwork is, is so key that there's nothing that we do with that's not possible or that is possible without every single person that's involved. Um, so really being able to trust the others that I'm working with and, and rely on them to do their job and know that they're going to know that I'm going to do mine and, and to be able to have that communication and that teamwork, um, was something that was so, so huge and something that I really grew in throughout my earlier years in the organization that was, was what really prepared me to be able to step into this role and to know that if I could surround myself with others who were going to be hardworking and passionate, that we would be able to, to figure whatever it was out as long as we could communicate and work together. Well, you must have a magnetic personality because to, to, to lead at that level, um, you know, I've, I've seen people in my life where I say I would follow him or her into battle. Like it's that person is so confident and so strong and wise that I would do that. So you must have similar qualities because, you know, committees of, of what, 16,000 students or uh, however many uh, aren't going to sign up for something like this if they don't believe in your passion and your executive leadership. I think it's also something that's that's so powerful about the organization itself and and the you know going back to to the the concept that it was our 50th year it's it's built right. upon itself and so it really has this incredible foundation that is another huge part of the success of the organization and my success in the leadership role is that the organization is is it has this this incredible foundation and so to be able to step into that and to know that certain things will just work themselves out because you have this foundation and this system of, of predecessors who are there to support you in this system of writing everything down and having all of the notes and um, the people that are just passionate about it and will make it work no matter what. So I think that was something that was hugely um, beneficial to me in this role as well as just being able to rely on the fact that um, that there were incredible people surrounding me that would make it happen no matter what. So if I pretend and I listen to you, I feel like I'm listening to um, an old soul that's a business executive that just <laughs> is put together 
who understands sort of the sum of the parts, create the whole. At, at, at any point, and, and I guess I put myself, and it takes a while, Kate, to go this far back, but I put myself <laughs> back in college, and I, I had to work full-time in college to, to pay for college. Ship, hip, hooray. And so my question is, at, at any point, did you ever look out and say, holy smokes, right? I didn't think college would turn into this ultra uber responsibility, not just for the mission overall, but for all these people, because that's what a leader has responsibility for. So did you ever have moments where you sat there and thought, you know what, all these people are doing all this at Penn State, and I'm basically over here with with the equivalent of amazing job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it was one of those things that throughout this year, I often would pitch myself. Like it just, it didn't feel real that I got the opportunity to, to do that and to do something that was so incredible. Um, I feel, feel incredibly fortunate to have had that opportunity and to have, you know, I've learned so much throughout it and I've, I've really grown as an individual. And so to have the opportunity to, to have this organization shape me has been so incredible because I feel like I'm, I'm a different person and I'm a better person um, than I was when I first got involved. And you don't think like from a typical college experience, whatever that is, right, that you had to give up a lot of that to accomplish what you did? No, not at all. I mean, the people that you meet through this organization are just they're they're the most incredible people that I've ever met in my life. So I would I would not for a second give up. Um, the opportunity to have have known those people and to have them have become my family throughout the experience. So if anything, I feel like I gained more than than the normal person throughout a college experience. Like I had had a more um, just incredible and, and fun and um, just amazing college experience than I think the average person maybe would have. Yeah, you're so you're so passionate and fulfilled. And this is just just beginning yeah. But I mean, it's just is so exciting to me. So what skills, um, Kate, would you or what advice would you give to uh, soon to be graduates or, or someone, you know, in that's maybe a sophomore or junior? Uh, now that you've, you know, you've obviously worked with business executives and probably large corporations to bring them into the thon fold, if you would, and to understand what they need in their uh, strategic goals, their marketing budgets, their media exposure. Um, what would you tell a younger Kate? Uh, you know, what skills to work on, what to be ready for, uh, in the future? Yeah. I think in terms of working with like other businesses, something that was so huge and so hugely beneficial was that communication piece and understanding that not everyone is coming in needing the exact same things or having the same goals, um, especially when you're working with with different businesses and contacts and, um, you know, people in the professional world that aren't members of our organization. They have different goals and different things that they need and different things that they different ways that they like things done. And so that was really beneficial for me to realize throughout this year that, um, you know, I could have the best working relationship with those people when I looked at it on an individual level, as opposed to how to, you know, have professional external contacts as a whole. It was looking at how do I have a professional external contact with this person or this group, and then this person or this group separately, and this person or this group also separately, and and kind of looking at them individually um, and understanding what those different people need, and that it's not all going to be the same across the board. 
You can say one thing and have five people interpret it, right? To your point, entirely differently. Exactly. There's never a one size fits all to communicate with people. I think that takes people a long time, right? To, to figure out and, and you're already there. So as you can see, sort of one journey ending at, at, at Penn State, what, what's next then? How do you take all of this incredible experience and pivot that to, to what's next? Yeah, I hope to continue to work in nonprofit. Um, that's that's what I've come to love and um, what I feel fulfilled doing. So I hope to to continue to work um, in in nonprofit organizations. I don't know exactly what I'm hoping to do at this point, but um, I'm kind of taking taking the opportunity of having um, you know, as you've said, it's kind of all in front of me still. Um, so taking that opportunity to to explore and figure out what it is that I want to do, but. At, at the core of it, I know that if I'm making a difference in the lives of others, I'll be happy with whatever it is that I'm doing. And that's what your background right. already demonstrates. It's, it's an entirely a life of giving already. Um, Kate, I am chair of our Harrisburg Salvation Army board. So I will speak for all nonprofits saying, you know, to have someone like you on our team would be uh, manna from heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere you go, I imagine any nonprofit at whatever, whether that's local, whether that's statewide, whether that's national or international, um, I would say, you know, it would be rare to um, find someone like you with the depth of your experience at your age. And I'm pretty safe in saying you could, you know, go through your top three and, and probably uh, find a position at any of those, uh, top three. Now, do you graduate, uh, this year? When do you graduate? In May. Okay. That sounds amazing. Anything about your business, um, contacts you had through Thon that surprised you or, or that you learned from? Um, I think one of the things that was really interesting to learn through this position is um, the juxtaposition of being both a student organization at Penn State, but also this this large, you know, multi-million dollar nonprofit. Um, it's it's really interesting and it's a unique place to be in because there's there's really nothing else like it. Um, and so that was really interesting that, you know, one day I could be dealing with with student affairs types things and and, um, you know, things that have to do with student life at the university and um, and being the leader of an organization like many of my peers were, um, you know, across the campus and across different organizations. And then the next day I could be dealing with something development related on the university and and I'm being talked to as though I'm one of the largest donors to the university because that's what our organization is. And so it's a really interesting, it was a really interesting kind of crossroads to be at throughout the entire year. And it's one of the really interesting and and cool things about the organization is that it is, it's kind of both of those things. And so you get a lot of really unique viewpoints that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise because of the fact that that we are both a student organization at Penn State, of which there are thousands and a, a multi-million dollar nonprofit. Right. And I think when you talk balance, Kate, for a woman that is in a career and life happens, right? Maybe, maybe there's marriage, maybe there's a move to a different state. How in the world did you juggle being a full-time yeah. student at Penn State, which, which when I think about that, you know, here's what your assignments are here, are the tests, right? It's almost a little more passive. You talk about Thon and your position there and all bets are off, 
That's aggressive, right? Things pop up, you know, life happens there. People are people. There are many crises. There's, there's everything a leader can't count on. And so how as org as an organizational sort of question, were you able to balance that and clearly excel at both? It's definitely not, um, it's not easy. There's, you know, I probably spent about 80 hours a week on my position for Thon and then, you know, adding school and, and things on top of that as well. But it's a lot of staying ahead and staying on top of things and having lots of to-do lists and a very detailed calendar (laughs) and knowing that if something wasn't on my calendar, I wasn't showing up to it because I was living by, by that on my phone. Um, so definitely just, just staying organized and, and, you know, writing everything down, knowing that things were in one ear and out the other, if it wasn't down on a piece of paper or down on my computer. Um, and just making sure that, that I stayed on top of that because it definitely, it is a lot. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, you kind of get into a groove with it and, and are just kind of doing it without even realizing it. Yeah. And the priorities of that, right is you, you already don't want to disappoint anyone. You know, we're into this conversation, you know, 20 minutes, and I know you're not someone who ever likes to disappoint someone, you know, in any capacity for any reason. So did it become more muscle testing to be able to know what priorities shift, right? Cause you could start a day with 10 and all of a sudden the day just, especially 80 hours a week, right? Pe- people, yeah very few people work 80 hours a week and then you're a student and oh, by the way, you're, you're social, right? You, you don't just want a life of academics and, and thon, right? You, you want to be, um, a co-ed. So did, did that come easily to you? Did it, did it, you, you know, you learn the hard way reprioritizing because we all have to do that in a day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if I would say learning the hard way, but definitely I, I got better at it as I went along. Um, definitely it became more natural as time went on that I knew which things absolutely needed to get done, which meetings I absolutely had to be in and, and which meetings, if there was something that came up that someone else from my team would be fine to be there without me or, um, you know, which could be rescheduled or which task could be put off until tomorrow. And so I definitely got better as it, at it as time went on. It's, it's definitely not easy at the beginning because it kind of all just gets thrown at you. But as time went on, I, I knew myself and my position and, um, and my responsibilities better and better. And I, I knew how I could reprioritize those things. Um, to make sure that everything got done when it needed to. And I think one business vitamin, Anne, in this is that is that we can't just always say yes. There, there, there have to be no's. And maybe it's no today, maybe it's no permanently, maybe it's no until next week, but you can only be in right. one place at one time. You only have X amount of hours in the day, which we all have, and you, you have X amount of headspace. And so I think... What I love hearing is that in that reprioritization, you're essentially saying no. You know, not everything can be the number one right. priority or there are no priorities. It has to have that capability. And I love hearing that because there has to be leadership in that. Right. Were you the spokesperson, Kate, for Thon like, to, to the media or no? Not specifically. We have a public relations committee and, and a public relations director that heads that. So they were in charge of that. I would help out where needed or, um, you know, if they needed an extra set of hands or for someone to look over something. But um, we do have a whole committee that's that's responsible for that. What will you miss the most about Thon, Kate? 
the people for sure. Um, just the opportunity to work with so many incredible people um, and be around people who are like, you know, they're all your own age, which is just so cool um, that I will definitely will definitely miss. Is that the infectious part of it? Is that the tie that binds? Is that why there's this overwhelming unity toward one goal, which I think is the spirit of that? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, it's the fact that you're, you're surrounded by people who all have, all have the same goal as you, which again, is something that's very rare in life to, to be surrounded by all of these people who want the same thing and who are willing to just work endlessly towards it. Um, and so that is, it's a huge part of, of the infectiousness of it and, um, and why, why it kind of sucks people in and keeps them coming back because it is, it's just, it's this community and it's, um, this group of people that, that just make you want to, to be a better person and to continue giving back to others. And, um, it, it definitely does. It, it sucks you in and it keeps you coming back. And it masks the enormous amount of hard work. Oh, 80, 80 hours a week just for that. Staggered. Like, like Kate said, that doesn't include your school time. But I think it's a great example, especially in your generation, of working together. So not not everybody that works in THON thinks the same, you know, came from the same background, brings the same ideas. And it demonstrates, when we talk about civility and respect and what we lack in social discourse in the time that we're living in, this is a great, you know, this is a great opportunity for other generations to look back and say, there's tremendous hope. Look, look what can be done uh, that doesn't separate us, but brings us together for an incredible common purpose. The unification yeah. of that. I mean, think of anything almost right now more powerful than that. And yeah. you're going to be hard pressed to do that. Honestly, that's another really cool part about it is that I've met so many different people from so many different backgrounds and that have right. so many different viewpoints and ideas, you know, there's, there's lots of, we all have the same goal, but not everyone has the same idea of how it should get done. Um, but it makes the organization stronger and it, it allows us to have new and better and, um, you know, more efficient ideas. And so that's been so cool as well. Cause I've definitely, I've learned so much from the people around me and the people that I've been surrounded with, um, and people that I, I would have never met, um, otherwise in my life. And I think that's the core um, emphasis of diversity when we talk about DEI in, in all the business conversations. That's the example that we don't want. I don't want anyone in my firm that thinks exactly like I do, or we're never going to have the best campaigns. We're never going to think that, you know, I want the, the age differences. I want the ethnicity differences. I want the socioeconomic differences because that makes us stronger. And to Thon's point, I'm sure it's developed better fundraising ideas for the entire team, a better way to deliver that. And, and the children you serve are coming from totally different backgrounds. Yeah, exactly. And just like that, Ian, <laughs> Dieter Gallagher, our time is coming Kate, to a close. Kate, this is the uh, quickest we need, we 30 need minutes. Vitamins. For, we yes. need Kate's vitamins. Yes. So any, um, Kate, first of all, how can our listeners follow you or find you? Would that be Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook? What's a channel of choice for you? Yeah. Um, so I am most active probably on Instagram, but I also am, am somewhat active on LinkedIn. Um, so okay, good. find me there. Um, Thon itself can be found on all, all social media platforms. Um, we are at Penn State Thon on Instagram and at Thon on Twitter. Um, so you can be, they can find them there as well as well as Thon.org. So is it just at Kate Colgan on uh, Instagram or where would they find you on that? Uh, it's at Colgan 77 Okay, good, good, good. Great content. Um, 
I know that the business community, you know, it's brighter for having talked to you and uh, we have to get her vitamins in. Oh yeah. Any last business vitamin you would like to share? Um, I think in thinking about this, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this year is I, I refer to it as the forest and the tree. Um, throughout Thon and and the um, organization, you know, you kind of come up and you're responsible for your one thing within the organization. And, um, you know, as long as you do your piece and you focus on your one thing, everything else will come together. But when you get into the upper, upper levels of leadership, you're tasked with looking at the whole organization, the forest, if you will. Um, And so I think that's something that I've really learned is that in, in this kind of like level of leadership, um, you have to remember to to look at the whole forest as opposed to just the tree and make sure that the decisions that you're making are for the good of everyone in the organization and not just one facet of it. Um, and so that's something that I really learned throughout this year and have, have gotten a lot better at um, is being able to look at the whole forest as opposed to just the one tree that I had been focused on um, for all of the years before that. No, that's great. Good reminder for us in business. Yeah. That uh, especially in times of crisis, which we seem to, to be ever evolving in is to the decisions. We have to focus on the now where our feet are, but you also, like you're saying, the force, you have to not forget that there are long-term goals to sustaining, to sustaining an organization like Thon, to sustaining a business like Universal and Dieter Gallagher Group. And And I think day in and day out, Kate, to your point, there, there are trees and then there are forests. And just like the prioritization is, is what, what, what do we sort of give our time and attention to, you know, in that moment and, and how does it play out, you know, short term, long term, uh, to be able to get there. So Anne and I really pride ourselves, Kate, this entire podcast is to pay it forward, to help women in business, to, to, to shorten the learning curve, to try not to make the same mistakes we did. Uh, we did. <laughs> and if, if either one of us can ever help you in any capacity, uh, you fill me with admiration, hope, massive respect. And, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today to spend that with, with Anne and me and with all of our listeners. Thank you. We'll be following and see where you land, Kate. And, uh, we'll say we knew her when we had her on the grit and gravitas. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here with you both. Good. Good luck to you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram and have a high gear day.